Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Audio courtesy W-E-E-I. It's the Ken Carman Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-212-4CBS. 855-212-4227. Send the tweets. Send them hot. At Ken Carman. C-A-R-M-A-N. We're coming to you from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Rocket Mortgage with you every step of the way. Providing a seamless mortgage experience. Boy, what plausible deniability. Do you believe for a second? Do you believe for a second Bill Belichick didn't know? That's a rhetorical question, Tom. You don't need to answer that. Billy Jack, you don't need to answer that. I mean, I, I don't believe for one second. Bill Belichick's in charge of everything. He keeps a shorter, he keeps a a smaller coaching staff. This was a big talking point earlier this year. He keeps a smaller coaching staff because he wants to be able to control everything. He has Tom Brady. He's been in these kind of situations before when it comes to Spygate, even the Tom Brady thing when it comes to Deflategate. It's all there. There's not one single thing that I believe in that situation to say that he didn't know about it or that they didn't have nefarious means. I don't believe that whatsoever. Not a chance. But, and there's always a but, I can't connect him to it. Because like any good coach, or any good owner of a program, worker of a program, you can do it. As long as you can't prove that you were there. You can do it as long as you can prove that you weren't technically a part of it. Yeah, I, I made this comparison years ago. During Deflategate. I made this comparison before that when it comes to Spygate. I want a team like Bill Belichick in the NFL. I want my team to be more like Bill Belichick's Patriots in the NFL. I know it's impossible, so I can't realistically say that my favorite football team should be like the Patriots. It's not a realistic blueprint. It just isn't. But I know that every team cheats, so I'm not going to sit there and say that they're the only ones, but I want to be more like them. Because in the NFL and in pro sports, yeah, you know, fans get upset on the, in the media. Fans get upset on social media, and they, they say nasty things about the Patriots, and they say nasty teams about whatever. But you can't take their championships away. You can't take their trophies away. You can't take all their Hall of Famers away. You can't do any of it. Spygate does not get rid of the Super Bowl trophy. Deflategate doesn't get rid of the next year's Super Bowl trophy. doesn't do that. doesn't get rid of Tom Brady's MVPs or anything. They all stay. Up till now, there's been nothing that's been done that has been so heinous, so terrible, and I hope it never is that way. There's never been anything done that's so heinous, so terrible, so anything was as if they were to take a championship away from a team. Once that trophy's yours, it's yours in perpetuity. That's the beauty of pro sports. And the NCAA, and you know you hate it, you think it's stupid. Well, we're going to go back and vacate those wins. Hey, the Fab Five never existed. Okay, go ask Jim Jackson if the Fab Five never existed. Uh, they, 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 they didn't win that national championship. These your your college football team didn't win that national championship. There was just no Heisman Trophy winner the year Reggie Bush won it. They just didn't do it. It's always weird 
which I think that the, that's the stupidest thing possible. If you want to hit the school with massive fines or, or with massive violations and they have to deal with, with loss of scholarship and that type of thing, go ahead and do that. I don't understand why you try to take away trophies in, in the NCAA or make people take banners down in the NCAA. It's the dumbest thing possible. The history happened. Reggie Bush still played for the USC Trojans and probably would have still played for the USC Trojans had they had not given him all those things. They could have given him some of those things, and he could have still played there, or he could have went somewhere else. I still know what I saw when I saw Reggie Bush. It's the dumbest thing possible, and that's why there's still something. that I love the pageantry. I love the tradition. I love the fan base. I love a day like today because it is technically college football with these service academies, but it means so much more, so I can't just say it's a college football rivalry. It has to be held in a higher regard than any of those other rivalries out there, but it is a part of college football, and that's why I love it so much. I love college football, but that to me is unrealistic and stupid, and you can't do that type of thing. You want to go after Chris Webber? You want to go after uh, after Reggie Bush? You want to go after any of the other guys? Try to find a way. Or just say, we are going to hit your school so hard that you're never, ever going to want to do this again. But your trophies you win are your trophies you win. It's dumb. And that's why I'll always have a certain love for the NFL that's just going to be over college football. Because there's no pretending in the NFL. There's controversy. There's belief. There's doubt. But there is no pretending in the NFL. It's real. It's there. You won the Lombardi Trophy. It's yours forever. It's your fan bases. It's in that trophy case forever. And I totally think that Bill Belichick, just like Saban, because you can't put anything on Saban, Patino up until the very end, Urban, he still will deny, 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 deny all of it. Coach K, Bayheim, Bill Self, you name them. Like any one of these good college, great, legendary coaches, it's what you can prove with your with me. And while you don't want to admit it, you want your team to be more like that. Because what Bill Belichick does, and you can go ahead and hit the music, Tom, what Bill Belichick has become in the NFL is the godfather. Everything is cloak and dagger. Everything's held to the oath of omerta. Less coaches, fewer loose lips. Less coaches, fewer loose lips. An easier way to get your thought in. Less people that you have to worry about. You hear the guys who do the podcast. You hear the guys who do the show. Boy, Michael Lombardi. While I think Michael Lombardi's an entertaining fella, He will say nothing about Bill Belichick. Never. Nothing about this. Nothing about the Patriots. Nothing about the Patriots past. Why? Because it's blood in, blood out. And even when you think you're out, what happens? Yeah, they pull you back in. You have a Teflon, Bill Belichick. Find him $250,000. Find him $500,000. He doesn't care. He's interested in winning. And, well, he did it against the Bengals of all teams. Why would he have to do it against the Bengals? Because he's interested in winning. You think the Bengals are the only team he hasn't done this against this year? (laughs) He knows Tom Brady better than Tom Brady knows himself. As quarterback, he knows what he's dealing with. He knows what he's not dealing with. He's about getting over and winning. His organization is as tight as anybody's going to find. 
Josh McDaniels goes out, goes to Denver, embarrasses himself, comes right back, now one of the hot names again. Like, there's a couple of guys who stayed out, but they come back, and they stay close, and that's it. Go ahead and look at their staff. Go look at their website right now. Go to Patriots.com. They got like six guys who all went to the same college for crying out loud. There's guys who've been with Belichick for years and years. He had his buddy Ernie. Everything you do is under his watch. And remember, it's not what you think. It's not even what you know. Just like anybody else, just like John Gotti, just like the Godfather, it's what you can prove. And you can't prove anything against Bill Belichick no matter what you believe. And all I'm doing is shouting into the wind because ain't nothing going to change. I wish my favorite team had that. Five burning questions up next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Oh, it's time, baby. Even though we're an hour late because we're always got hot takes on deck, it is time for five burning questions. Tom, what's up, Ken? Let's talk about, let's do the baseball talk today. I think like three of these are baseball questions. Baseball? You can't talk baseball on the radio. It's not really part of the rest of the show plan, so let's jump into it. Wednesday morning. Major League Baseball had an esteemed panel of four scientists and statisticians, a pair of Major League Baseball officials, Mm, two executives from MLB-owned teams, and Rawlings released another study about the juice baseballs. There was an 11% spike from 2017 to 2019 in home runs. There were 6,776 home runs hit this past year. But it's the same exact response we got in the midseason report, which was basically that it's because of the seams and variance in the baseball. There has nothing specifically been changed with the baseball. And the quote from this week is that we're going to have to accept the fact that the baseball is going to vary. So I got to ask you, do you believe any more? You find this study any more believable than the last one? And do you think that there's a up or down tick for next season in home runs? Well, you know, they can never say that the baseball is juiced. And even though we all know the baseball's juice, they can't say it. And you know why, don't you? Because people keep getting hit in the face, and they've been hit in the face more. And I know they're extending the nets, but you don't want to get yourself sued. So they are not going to say juice baseballs because they're going to go, wow, this seems to be more prevalent. Even though I think some people have done studies that goes, well, eh, kind of same, kind of, and eh, maybe a little bit more than normal, but that's it. But I think that that can be certainly used as a lawsuit where you go, well, you're using juice baseballs now. So I don't, I don't think they're ever going to do that. Um, I do think that they're juiced. I think that they're probably going to be about the same now. I, I think that when you own the company who makes your baseballs, you can basically dial in, with the exception of a couple. Obviously, not everyone's going to be perfect. But I think you can dial in exactly what you want out of your baseball and what you want out of your product. When you're making a product, you want everyone to be as similar as possible. You don't want any variants because you want to be able to work on that product if that product goes wrong. So I really don't believe anything of what they're saying about this. With the exception of maybe a couple here or there, they're all about the same. And yes, they're wound tighter, they're juicier, they're getting out because people like to see home runs. But it's starting to hurt some of the good aspects of the game that like inside baseball fans like where there used to be two on and two out. And what's the situation on a 2-1? What are you doing here? What are you doing against this type of defense? What are you doing against that one? And now it's just, well, you know, launch angle, home runs, away we go. I don't like that part. That's why I want to keep the shift as much as I possibly can. You're a hitter, hit. Go be a hitter. I know people say, well, go be an athlete, and they hate that term. Go be a hitter. You're supposed to be able to get a bat on the ball. Go beat the shift. Oh, go hit it left. Go hit it right. Go beat the shift. Next. 
All right, the big baseball news of the week was Anthony Rendon signing a seven-year, $245 million deal with the Angels. He has a full no-trade clause. There are no opt-outs, and it creates a very interesting situation (laughs) in uh, Orange County. I shouldn't say Los Angeles, and specifically Orange County, which is a whole thing because supposedly the Dodgers say that he wasn't interested in coming to Los Angeles itself, but that he would go and clearly did go to Orange County. But the point is the Angels have brought in now Joe Madden, uh, Shohei Otani is there. Mike Trout is obviously there. They've added Anthony Rendon. Are you buying the Angels as an actual legitimate Major League Baseball contender? How could you not? Look at the names you just mentioned. How could you not? Like this is it, it's about time, right? Like they Way did overdue, the yeah. yeah they did the thing with Socia. Mike Trout, by the way, when they were close, not this last year, but two years ago, when they were really knocking on the door of, of the wild card. I made a case, this is the perfect scenario why baseball should expand the playoffs. People got so angry about it. I said, no, this is the best case for it because more playoff baseball, more people watch, they expand the NFL playoffs, they've already expanded baseball playoffs. You have seven games each, and those things take forever in the NBA, and everybody loves NHL playoff, hockey. People love the playoffs. People love things that really matter. So you'll have one more team in each, and that year it would have been, I think, the Angels at that time when I was arguing it. That means Mike Trout's on national television in big TBS or Fox or whatever games, and people are watching it, and so now you get to tell more stories. You get to create more characters. You get to create more people that fans fans like other than just their hometown teams. I think one of the problems with baseball, and I don't, think, I don't make a big problem about baseball the way some other people do, but it's a very regional sport. So if you're in Pittsburgh and you're a big Pirates fan, you're really not going to watch other games because the Pirates play every night. But if you're in Pittsburgh and you're a big Steelers fan, well, if the Steelers aren't playing that Saturday night or that Sunday night, you're going to watch Sunday night football. You're going to watch Monday night football. You're going to watch Thursday night football. You'll watch your Steelers at 1, and then you'll watch the Sunday afternoon game. So you get to see so many more teams. There's other guys that you like. NBA is almost the same way because they stagger it a little bit. Baseball, every single night you have those guys. Well, in the postseason – and with the influx of of fantasy baseball as well, you can pay attention to a couple of more of those guys. And we have more coast-to-coast stars in the league because I think they're really hurting for some of those guys. So that gives them a chance. I think they're a better team now. They should be able to get in, but I will still push that narrative. Just one more team aside. Just make it one more team aside. I think you would do yourself a lot of good. Next. All right, another caveat uh, of all of this is the agent side. Now, Rendon signed seven years, 245. There are also two massive other Boris-represented contracts so far this offseason. Of course, Garrett Cole's nine years, 324 with the Yankees, and Strasburg's re-signing with the Nationals, seven years, 245. These are three of the nine biggest contracts in baseball history, and it puts Boris in an interesting situation. We don't quite know how much he takes for all these contracts, but the estimate right now is that he's going to he, he should make around $27 million for this season, which would make him the 15th highest paid player in Major League Baseball <laughs> as of right now. But the estimates are by the time free agency is over and all of his clients are signed, he'll be a lot closer to one of the five highest paid players in baseball. Uh, does baseball have a Scott Boris problem, Ken? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he, he wields way too much, way too much power. You got to you got to thin out the herd a little bit, or actually thicken up the herd a little bit there, because it seems to be only Scott Boris. And before you know, we used to blame a lot of uh, singular guys. You know, Lee Steinberg was thrown in there, obviously Drew, the whole thing. Uh, I think in the NFL they have a bit of a problem with too many. I think in in the NBA they seem to have too many. In Major League Baseball, there's one guy. It seems to be there's one guy, and that's it. 
And so, yeah, I think that there is a question because if if one guy doesn't like you, it's the teams that he deals with, but it's the fan bases who suffer. And what is he supposed to do? I, I can't blame him. I just think that there should be more guys. He's only doing what's right by his client, trying to get him the most money possible. So on his percentage, he's going to get a ton of money out of that considering he deals with a lot of premium athletes in baseball. So I can't blame the guy for doing his job. I just don't know how Major League Baseball goes about correcting this or or, or just thickens up the pot a little bit. But, yeah, I'm tired of hearing about Scott Boris every single offseason. Next. All right, moving on from the baseball and into the NFL world. Boy, those were three hard-hitting baseball questions. I try. Judas Priest. I try. And it was kind of a pop quiz, too, because I don't think you thought I was coming from that direction today. No, I didn't. So you're welcome. Good thing I've been reading this week or I'd have been in a lot of trouble. (laughs) Oh, God, you you didn't tell me anything. I could have really went out there and embarrassed myself. Mm, I trusted you. I always trust you. All right, so uh, the Tennessee did. Titans, before the season, when they brought in Ryan Tannehill, were interested in signing him to a two-year deal. He wanted a one-year deal and ended up taking a one-year $7 million deal with incentives up to $12 million. This ends up being critical because, of course, Ryan Tannehill has uh, become only, I don't know, the second hottest quarterback in the whole NFL. Mm-hmm. And now we're talking about the long term with the Titans, what's next? Apparently, Tennessee is interested in bringing him back. A couple th- ways they could go. They could sign him to a multi-year contract, or they could mm-hmm. slap him with a franchise tag that would probably cost around $27 million for next season. Uh, or, obviously, they could go another route entirely. So, Ken, if you were the Titans, what would you do with Tannehill going forward? Can they afford a franchise tag? I believe that, yes, I believe that. Okay, they, then I'd franchise him for one that. more year. I'd franchise him for one more year. Players hate that. I, I think he's doing really well. I can't trust him with a long-term deal just yet. I think that guys are naturally, they're more comfortable in those situations. Like, I don't think that he'll just leave you in free agency. Guys are very comfortable. There's a reason why we talk about Kirk Cousins so many times, because guys like where they're at. They, they like their coaching staffs in the NFL, so they want to stay around those guys. He's, he's being well-coached, and he's in a good culture there so I think that they might not have a problem say if this continues and then he's really good next year that I don't think he'd have a problem where they just leave him but I would like to still see more this has been a great run it's been doing very well I just want to see it for one more year before I give you an absurd amount of money over a long period of time so you get 27 million dollars that's a huge paycheck considering where you were starting out at let's let's cut a deal this year Let's keep this good thing going. Could be a playoff team coming up. Could be a playoff team next year. And if it doesn't work, we could start back out from scratch or we can talk Turkey yet again. So give me one more year. Let's see what you got. and Let's come back down to the negotiation. Don't get emotional with me. I know. But let's get back to the negotiation table after and see what it is. But let's let's make you prove it a year, but you're going to get paid very handsomely for that season. Next. It's the moving on from Mariota's contract. If they were to do that, that would give them the space to pretty easily be able to franchise. Yeah, and then after that, because you always want to be able to pay a quarterback, you should be able to pay him a long-term, multi-year deal if he was good. You always try to leave yourself some space for a quarterback because that's your whole goal. You draft these guys so you can take them and, and give them a whole bunch of money. Now, Ryan Tannehill was still drafted, I think, what, eighth overall? So that was the Dolphins' original goal. Now you might get a chance to fulfill it. Next. All right, so the biggest news in college football today on Army-Navy Day is revolving around Chase Young, who's here in New York for the Heisman Trophy ceremony and apparently told TMZ last night that he is not focused on the draft and the plan is to return to Ohio State. Now, that 
I think you can interpret that as a, a political response, but the internet has interpreted that as a legitimate possibility that Chase Young, the Ohio State edge rusher, who would almost certainly be at minimum, minimum, a top five pick in the draft in April, may go back to Ohio State. Uh, Ken, what do you think the odds of, of that are? Uh, very, very low. I think a lot of people want it to be done because we. I think it's it'd be nice to see one guy go back. Well, we feel that way. Andrew Luck went went back, and we didn't make a big deal about that. But I think people want to see guys go back. They want a, that college feel. And he might be loving loving his time right now. At the end of this, like say they go out and they win against Clemson, they play in the national championship, they win there. I think that's just going to be bar none. He's going to the NFL. If they lose either one of these games coming up, then there might be some tinge there, but somebody's still going to get in front of his face and talk talk common sense to him, and he's going to go to the NFL. Basically, you just have to go to the NFL. But I do think right now, I do believe him if he said that. He did say that, correct? That's what he said? That's what he said. I actually believe him. I think in the moment right now, he's probably not thinking about the draft. He wants to enjoy this experience. This is a once-in-a-lifetime thing that hopefully he'll remember for the rest of his life and, and his family can talk about for a very long time. And and hopefully he has grandchildren and a nice life, and they all go, man, our grandpa Chase was a, was a Heisman Trophy finalist and finished second, and some guy on the radio who, after five burning questions, made an argument that he was actually the real best college football player in America, and even though people thought he was crazy at that time, Grandpa Chase went on and had a great career, and da-da-da-da-da. Hopefully he gets to do that. But right now, he's probably focused on on this experience and the fun he's getting in this experience. And if he does feel that way, I commend him for it. I know some coaches who are like that, by the way. Like, a lot of... There are coaches who think in the back of their head, this is a political move, I'm going to get here, I'm going to do well, and then we're going to move on and, and I'm going to be a, a coach somewhere else. There, there are coaches who do that, but I know a couple of coaches, they're in their spots and they, they feel that they will retire in those spots. And you would look at a couple of those guys and go, no, you, no you're not going to do that. You're going to go somewhere else. If you're successful here, you're going to go somewhere else. They don't feel that way. They get tunnel vision until it's actually time to move on. I feel that maybe he's feeling the same way. Five Is that questions. it? There you go. See, Tom, you have to finish it. I don't know how to finish it. I just don't want to cut you off. No, no, no. That's it. That's all I'm done. I'm done. I'm finished with talking during the five burning questions. Say, fabulous as always, Tom. Really, you came out of nowhere with that with that baseball stuff. It was really, really fantastic. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Well, you heard me. Just hear me out before you lose your mind on me. Okay. If you disagree with me, fine. Just hear me out. Joe Burrow gets the trophy tonight. But Chase Young is really the best. I explain next. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. John Philip Souza, baby. A rivalry unlike any other. I'm sorry, Army fans. I'm sorry, Army people. It, this is just a great song. It's just a good song, folks. I mean, let's get serious here. I mean, if you put this in a college football fight songs, this is like a top five fight song. Like Rocky Top, Hail to the Victors is great. Buckeye Battle Cry is, honestly, the uh, Le Regiment is better than like anything Ohio State does, but it's not their fight song. It's just when they do script Ohio. USC, oh God, Notre Dame, when they do the Rake Samalo, I think it is. Not the actual fight song, even though the fight song is really good. This is right in there. This is right in there. Listen, turn it up, Billy. Yeah. Mm. 
Here it comes. Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Billy. 855-212-4CBS. I didn't know Billy looped it like that. It's a great day. I love this. I love this game. I like this rivalry. One of these days I got to go I got to take my sons to it. Uh I I always hold it in a different regard than I do the other college football rivalries cuz it, it's not it's a it's a huge thing for the country. It's a huge thing for all of us. It's bigger than football. We, I, I've said it so many times. I just don't want it to lose its meaning because everybody says it's a good thing because they should say. So I, I don't put it in the same category as the Iron Bowl, UCLA, uh, USC. I don't put it in, the, in Ohio State, Michigan. I don't put it in those terms because those are those are sports. Those are different. This is this is mixed in with a sport and with life. So I, I think it's. It's a very special thing. I always, always, always have to go to some Christmas party during it so I don't get to see the whole thing. I'll be listening to it uh, on the way out to Youngstown today, but I always have I always have a family thing. I always have a function, so I get to see part of it, and then I got to listen to it, and, and that's how it ends. I do think Navy's going to come back and win this one this year. Of course, they won like 14 in a row, but I do think that Navy's going to end up winning this one this year. They put together a really good squad, and Army's kind of rejuvenating themselves this year. Kind of having to recycle a couple of things and get things going. Reload for next season, we should say. Joe in Oregon, you're first up on CBS Sports Radio. Go ahead. Well, I got to say, go Army, beat Navy no matter what as an Army veteran. So, um, go Army. <laughs> go Well, fine. Go Army, Joe. I mean, what the heck? No, I, I hear you. Go ahead, Joe. What else do you have to say, buddy? So, uh your fill-in last week did a good show, but he started to... He sucks. To, Don't listen to him. Yeah, he, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, I got a. I was a little disappointed because he was uh, talking smack on the Pac-12, and I wanted to call in as a maybe defend him and potentially change his mind. But I never well, got on. You're my Pac-12 so, guy, so I know how you like to do it. So, what do you want to say about Pac-12 quarterbacks, Bud? Uh, I love my Pac-12 quarterbacks. I wish Josh Rosen would actually get into a good situation there. Um, as a Dolphins fan, I'm really I like. Herbert, but I'm not too high on him. But as you were saying, I I like the job Brian Flores has done with the, my Dolphins. So mm-hmm. my hope is if uh, maybe Chase Young declares for the draft, and uh, if Dolphins if he's there in the first five picks, if that's where Miami's picking, I would take Chase Young in with Houston or Pittsburgh's pick. Maybe if uh, Jalen Hurts or Tua is there, take one of those guys later. Um, that's my mm-hmm. hope. If you were the know, Dolphins, though. you're saying if you were the Dolphins, you would do that. If, if it's well, a late pick, I don't know. Yeah, Joe Burrow is likely to be gone. Yeah, I just there's some there's some mechanical stuff. I mean, Justin Herbert really hasn't had a a, a game where you can say he owned this game. I well, mean, I know. Look at him against a Civil War game against the Beavers, against a a, a first time starting quarterback in the. Jebbia threw more for more yards than he did. The scouts love him, though, Joe. The scouts love yeah. Herbert. He, the U.S. Dane Brugler, he says that the scouts are going to be t- the scout. The fans are going to want Burrow number one. The scouts are all going to be saying Herbert. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, but what I wanted to present to him last week was he said that if Oregon hadn't have lost to Auburn and played somebody like BYU, they shouldn't be in the playoffs. But the original plan for Oregon, and it goes back to a point you made earlier, they were supposed to play Texas A&M. 
And when Texas A&M moved to the SEC, that 2018-2019 home-and-home series was canceled. So if Oregon had played Texas A&M instead of Auburn and beat them, and they mm-hmm. still lost to Arizona State, I'm willing to bet Oregon would have been in the postseason. Um, yeah, no, I can see that. I can see that playing out. I don't have a, I don't have a problem. I don't have nearly a, a problem, Joe. And thank you for the call. I don't have a problem with the the Pac-12 nearly as much as I do the ACC. Dabo Sweeney was called the most most annoying winner in college football by Paul Feibaum. Dabo got upset. I thought Dabo had a great line for it. Dabo got upset. I think Dabo secretly, even though he can't say it, that's exactly what he wants to be. You should, if you are at the highest level, you should be annoying. I was going to say this earlier. Dabo has to be annoying because I'll, I'll admit I'm fully annoyed. The, this Roy Bus stuff. I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop on that because I always made the joke: if they lose at home, they ought to back, walk, have to walk back up the hill and get on the bus and go back around the stadium. He talks about the Roy Bus. I'm annoyed by it. I think that he he brings up the North Carolina game. Everybody's still talking about the North Carolina. No one's talking about the North Carolina game. You're beating all these teams by 50. They're talking about your conference sucking. That's what they're talking about. Virginia had a nice season. Virginia Tech had a pretty decent season. Miami football is on the deck again. Georgia Tech is going to take some time. I like that coach. Hopefully that they see things through and things will be okay. It's only his first year. I like that kid. Uh, I think with some of the other ones there, that yeah, there might be a couple of different changeovers, but ultimately the pack, the ACC sucked this year. It's not even anywhere near as good as what the Pac-12 was this season. But I'm not going after Clemson. I think Clemson's still a dangerous football team. At least they're beating those teams by 50, and they are. No problem with what Clemson's doing. But Dabo Sweeney has to be annoying because he has to give his team an edge. If if you just go out and say, everybody thinks you're really, really good, and you guys just have it all, and and, and nobody is going to be able to shake a stick at you, you're probably going to go out there and get beat, especially because you just won the national championship last year, and some of those guys are definitely thinking about moving on and going to the NFL. So you have to keep them motivated somehow. Nick Saban, always talking about disrespect. Ryan Day has natural disrespect for him right now because people didn't know what was going to happen because of Urban Meyer. People thought Michigan was going to win the Beck, was going to win the Big Ten this year. So you have a natural disrespect for that team. When you're Clemson and you've won a couple of national championships here recently, you need to have some sort of a motivation. Disrespect, underdog are the perfect motivators, especially for a team that's really talented. Because if you know they're really talented and then they play with heart and they can start to count on each other in, in tight situations and the ACC won't give you any sort of those chances to do so because the rest of the conference sucks, you need to go out and create it for yourself. And that's what Dabo Sweeney's doing. So the Roy bus is obscenely annoying. And he keeps bringing up North Carolina, and that's annoying too. But I give Clemson a hell of a shot. Eight five five two one two four CBS. They're probably the best team in the country. All right, I'm gonna bring, I'm gonna bring this up, and I'm gonna get hammered for it. I got to do it. Tom, Billy, you guys are allowed to. All right, you guys. If you guys feel I need to be saved, we did this with Lamar Jackson. I'm gonna do this here. If you guys feel I need to save myself, just clock in and tell me to stop. Okay. A lot of responsibility. I don't want to go embarrass. I don't want to go embarrass myself. All right. We'll try. So if you think if you think I'm going down a path of embarrassing myself, I want you guys to try to stop me. Okay. <laughs> Just hear me out. All right. Just hear me out. 
a good start we're off to. If I stretch out the time, maybe I will get to the end and I won't be able to give it. Maybe I won't embarrass myself. Here we go. Just hear me out. This isn't meant to hate Joe Burrow. This isn't a disrespect to Joe Burrow or Coach O or anything. Okay? Eraser phrase. Away we go. Joe Burrow's going to win the Heisman Trophy tonight. If Chase Young finishes second, he's the best player in college football. There, I said it. I'm going to tell you why. Joe Burrow plays a position that's very, very difficult. When's the last non-offensive guy to win the Heisman Trophy? And you can't even give me Charles Woodson because he played a hell of a lot on offense, too. Well, played some offense, too, and had special teams. A true defensive guy with a chance to win a Heisman Trophy in this generation. Before you looked at it for college football on a different lens, there were voters, there were guys where there wasn't television when it first starts in 1936 with Jay Burwanger. You don't have any of those things, so it's 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 harder to watch guys across the country. Now, while we watch plenty of guys across the country, we can see many games. Games are staggered. LSU and big prime time college football games plays at 3.30. Ohio State plays at big noon. Oklahoma might play at 3.30, or we've seen some 7 o'clock, and we've seen some Friday games with Ohio State. You can try to watch those teams. But when I watch Chase Young, it's very, very hard for me to give you the strongest argument I possibly could. Hear me out. Before you go hating on me, just just listen. Just listen. Joe Burrow has everything at his credit. SEC quarterback, they don't have a lot of them. They haven't had a lot of them. A revitalized program where everybody wanted your coach fired last year, even though you're like, what, in a nine-game winner? You have basically saved that coach. That coach has saved you. You are in the college football playoff. You are playing the quarterback position, which is difficult, but is prone to what? Highlights. Highlights of different games. Because while a lot of voters don't want to admit it, they don't watch as much as they think they do or as much as they say they do, and they don't weigh some of those other options. So what do they look at? Stats. Quarterbacks can fill up stats like crazy. Joe Burrow's done a remarkable job. He is the Heisman Trophy winner. Don't hear me wrong. But when I look at Chase Young, You missed two games due to suspension. That might carry a vote. Fair. But we're not talking about Heisman Trophy. We're talking the best in the country right now. Has OSU's defense looking different? Has highlights as a defensive end? No touchdown highlights. No big-time turnover highlights from Chase Young. That hurts your case for a Heisman Trophy winner. You need Heisman moments. You need Big time, big moments to get over. The win over Alabama, the post-game press conference, Joe Burrow with the X, how you do it to, to finish off his capping capping time at, at LSU, that matters. For Chase Young, while you've played in big games, you missed two golden opportunities against two rat feces opponents where you could have really put some good highlights there. Maybe you would have had a chance at a defensive touchdown. Maybe you would have had a chance at a big turnover highlight. Maybe you would have had an accumulation of sacks. You've played against better offensive lines over the last couple of games. You've had less sacks. You've had less opportunities because good coaches, and Jim Harbaugh still is a good coach, I know, but good coaches like James Franklin, Jim Harbaugh, and Paul Christ are going to circle number two and just like what Bill Belichick would do in the NFL, just like what John Harbaugh would do, because the apple doesn't fall that far from the tree, even though John's better, are going to circle number two and say, listen, we might get beat. We're not going to get beat by this guy. 
So we're going to put everything out. Our blocking is going to go there. We're going to stay away from him running the football. We're going to stay away from him passing the football. We're going to keep guys in to make sure that he's chipped. We're going to keep guys in to make sure that he's blocked. We are not going to let number two ruin our game. And when you're playing against top-quality opponents who do recruit well, like Penn State, like Michigan, like Wisconsin, you're going to have less stats. Nobody can triple block, triple team Joe Burrow. I saw it with my own eyes with Chase Young, just like I saw it with Nick and Joey Bosa. You can't do that against Joe Burrow. You can't roll offensive line play towards Joe Burrow. You can do that for Chase Young. Would Ohio State be in the playoffs without Chase Young? More than likely, yes. Would they be in the playoffs without Joe Burrow? Absolutely not at LSU. That's 100% true. But the impact on the team, the impact on the defense, the impact on on what type of plays you can make that puts highlights out. Not stats, highlights. If Chase Young finishes second, you will have less highlights, you will have more word of mouth, you will have more legend. The last time we talk about legend, who do we talk about? Talk about Tim Tebow. He had to be there, he had to see it. He had to talk about Bo Jackson. He had to be there. He had to see it. And then the stories, they become bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger over time. And that's the way we see it a little bit with Chase Young. Without a doubt, Joe Burrow's the Heisman Trophy winner. To an offensive trophy, to an offensive performance, to an offensive award. That's basically impossible for a defensive guy to win. But if Chase Young finishes second, best overall player in college football. Tom, Billy, you agree, disagree? I do not agree. Damn it! Billy? I'm, go- I'm just going to go with Tom. Fine. I hate you both. I love you, but I hate you both. Big thanks to you guys. Big thanks to everybody for listening. Andy Gresh can rip me apart next. Have a great weekend, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.